What's up, Black Love fam and first time fam? We're getting ready to go man to man here on the Black Love Podcast Network. I'm David Wazicki, General Manager of Black Love, and I know you're going to love who I'm talking to today. But first, I have to give a shout out to Target. They've been partnering with HBCUs to support the next generation of Black talent. And one of the ways they're teaming up with HBCUs is through Target's HBCU Design Challenge, where HBCU students submit designs to be included in their Black History Month collection. And you know their Black History Month collection is fire. You see it everywhere, all month long in February. You can't miss it. All the designs are dope. So I'm really looking forward to that HBCU flavor that they're going to add into the mix. Winners of the design challenge get access to networking opportunities, mentoring, and more. So we got to support this. It's truly an outstanding opportunity for up and coming black talent. So please make sure you check back during Black History Month to see the latest winners at your local Target. I know I'm going to check mine out. Shout out Target T1307 right here in LA. You know I'm going to be there Feb 1 checking it out and see what's going to be featured in their 2022 Black History Month collection. Celebrate your legacy, invest in the future. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. All right. And if you were a fan of Man to Man, the IG Live series, then you're going to love this combo today because I got my man who was a fan favorite, a favorite of mine. Thank you, brother. I'm going to drop the stats real quick, and then we're going to jump into it. Actor writer, singer, dad. And now I can add executive producer and creator. We're going to jump into those two new new things added to the resume, which I'm excited to talk about. But it's my brother, Christian Keys. What's going on, David? How you doing, brother? Good, good. How you doing? Doing good, man. No complaints. Um, thriving. Uh, keeping my hands open so I can catch these blessings. There you, you go. <laughs> that part. Don't block those blessings. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Look, you're doing a lot of great things. You're out there active in a lot of different ways. You got your, you always got your, do you call it Sunday service on Instagram or you just call it the Sunday session? Sunday session. session. Sunday session. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a real grown adult vibe, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's classy, but still sexy. Yeah. You know, oh, and fun. Always sexy. Definitely always fun. You um, you gave yeah. you gave me an earworm from your last IG live, the uh, the Robin Thicke. Hey, hey, hey. So that's hey, just stuck in my head. You, it's never not the joint. <laughs> yeah. Never- you just you might forget about it for a little while, and then once you dig it back out, you got to go ahead and play it again for like the next month. Or there you two go, months. and that's what's happening. It's on my Spotify R and B playlist. So there's that mm-hmm. part. Um, so before we jump back into things and we get into all the Queens men, ladies night and all the fun stuff, just want to ask you. So as part of the podcast series now, I like to start the conversation off with asking you, what does masculinity mean to you? Mm, good question. I forgot you, you, you had the, the uh, good questions. <laughs> I got a briefcase full of good questions. Gotta um, come with it. Gotta come with <laughs> let it. Let me see. I, I think masculinity means unapologetically being the man that you are. Mm. 
no presentation, just landing the plane and walking in the actuality of whoever you are as a person, whether it's your orientation, whether it's your mm -hmm. activism, whether it's, um, you know, things that you advocate for in society, whether it's how you live your life and carry yourself, whether it's in the middle of a song, if it gets good to it, you, you got to throw your hands up and get in it. Hey, hey, hey. That's, to yeah. me, that I think, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Uh, um, I think it's all of that and and not putting, sorry, one of my AirPods, yeah, yeah. all that dancing, I shit my AirPods out. Um, I think it's all of that and not putting a, uh, a limit or mm. a cap, per se, on who you are and yeah and and i think that's that's my definition i think clearly there's some toxic stuff out there that when i was growing up we weren't allowed to feel you know or yep. definitely couldn't show it yeah you definitely didn't talk about it you definitely didn't go to therapy or or you know get some help emotionally so you can process it and not revisit those those curses or you know those traumas on your children yeah. your future family Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like only, I, and I love the answer. There's never a wrong answer and it, there's yet to be two same answers, which I don't think there ever will be. But I do appreciate that because I feel only recently, I mean, only recently could I have this type of conversation with you. Only recently could I even have this type of podcast given our recent mm -hmm. development. I think starting with our generation, which I'm going to give props to, I think with us is where this Oh, wait a minute. There's another way. Wait a minute. I think we can actually talk about yeah. these things and start to be masculine in that way where mm -hmm. we actually own it and we can own the feminine and the masculine. We can own both sides of our energy flow. We can own our emotions and talk it out and not just, you know, and, and, actually, and actually say, I love you, which I mean, yeah. that was another thing that, mm -hmm. God, I don't know how long that even took me. To be to be able to get comfortable saying to another man to to be able to say to best friends my brother even you know where it's like just saying I love you yeah you, you would only say that like during the holidays that was like <laughs> that was a phrase you brought up during the holidays yeah yeah or and, and mumble it and mumble yeah. it like, like you look, look, yeah, bro. yeah. <laughs> you know you, you wouldn't say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you, bro. All right, man. All right, man. Love you. Get off. Get off my phone. You know, you would. Yeah, but now I'm the same way. Now I can say, you know, proudly to my brothers, especially with everything that's going on yeah. and how we're occasionally, unfortunately, losing folks. And I don't want to be around here and pride gets in the way of me telling you every time I talk to my brother, my older brother, younger brother. Yeah. You know, hey, I love yeah. you, man. Take care of yourself. And, I, you know, I'll check on you in a couple of days. If that feels good and that's a yeah. message I want to convey to me, that's masculine. Let's let's start off with all the Queens men because a lot's been happening since we spoke last. You kind mm -hmm. of peppered it without saying the title. You kind of peppered it, but you said something big was coming. And so here we are, all Queens men already premiered. It's out, it's buzzing, mm -hmm. all 10 episodes, binge worthy, just all, all kinds of fun, all kinds of sexy. There you go. Peep. There you go. People are double binging that thing. So, They're double binging that thing. So yeah. From what I've seen, it's based on a book that you wrote called Ladies' Night. Mm -hmm. With a with a Ladies with Night. a little uh, obligatory mm -hmm. cover shot of the ad pack of twenty on the cover. <laughs> if I'm gonna pay somebody to be on my book cover, I might as well get on there. 
I was like, uh-uh, we ain't hiring nobody. <laughs> I, I go, I got a gym membership. I, I can pull that together. So it was cool. I figured, you know, and, and then to be honest, when I wrote the initial movie that the book was based on, I wrote it in 2011, I was going to be the main character. I wanted to be the amp character in the story. And we follow him. You know, he's, you know, fresh out of prison, made a mistake trying to put his life back together, finds difficulty mm-hmm. in gaining sure. and keeping um, employment, you know, being with the felony record and everything right. as, as most, most people who have a run in with the law or make a mistake do. And, uh, he ends up working security at his aunt's, um, nightclub, but unbeknownst to him, it's, it's a male exotic dance club. So rowdy ladies, caffeinated ladies, <laughs> inebriated ladies, yeah. all the ladies, all the ladies. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and he starts, noticing how much money the guys are making it's like man you know and he's he has to finish the last part of his um sentences in a halfway house the last 60 or 90 days of his sentences in a halfway house after that he's out on his own so he's got to stack a little bit of bread so he can get an apartment or something so he needs to make some bread and he make needs to make some legally does an amateur night is a hit joins full-time eventually and i don't want to give away too much of the story but it's and it's all that's in the book, so it's not really spoiler alert. Sure, sure. But um, it's it's a really cool story. And then the centerpiece of that is Madam, the Madam character. I made her as 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 gritty and as unapologetic as any male character I've ever played. I try to make sure that all the female characters are strong when I create something because that way, you know, the the playing field is level. Yeah, I want everybody yeah. to be like, wow, this character is crazy. That character is amazing. This one is wonderful. I don't want any no no fall off yeah so it's a really good story it's been getting great great feedback even marcel does a wonderful job as madam the kind of she's the queen of the south slash rihanna of this whole yeah, world yeah, yeah yeah and eden is her club and and it's just it's just crazy man it's beautiful and it feels really good to have something and watch it come to life absolutely absolutely what was the impetus for the book like where did that come from <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna ask this i'm sure there's people that are thinking about this too. Was there any real life experiences firsthand or secondhand that kind of influenced the book? Um, I think a little bit. I think, I think when I, when I, when I started to, to, you know, hear whispers about, you know, way back in the day, the Magic Mike movie being done, sure. I immediately thought, okay, that, that's going to be what that's going to be. But I don't know if they're going to tell the, the, the gritty side, yeah. the, the urban side of right. it. And, you know, you can, and I was like, I can tell this story. I can rap, you know, I can rap a love story in there a little bit. I can rap the grind and, and some, some girl bosses in there and, and, and really, you know, make it classy and, and sexy, but still intelligent, witty and, 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 you know, something, something smart or unexpected at every turn, but it makes sense. It's not just contrived drama for the sake of conjecture sure, sure and that's why and so I, I wrote that i wrote the script first in 2011 i finished it in 2011 and started shopping it got a bunch of no's and then i ran it by my publisher and he was like you got something with this script mm-hmm. man but we got to build it from 90 pages out to 240 or 250 so and then i did actually <laughs> do one amateur night on a dare on a dare somebody you know, the, the woman i was dating matter of fact my son's mom before we even made him so this is a long time ago this is 18 19 okay. years ago she um she she there she was going with some, some girls I think to her homegirls bachelorette thing or amateur night or whatever and 
And I was like, I was being a smart mouth. I was like, I should, I should go up there and dance and take all the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she dared me. And I was like, do you really know me? I will do this. Yeah. I will cut the sleeves <laughs> off this trench, trench coat right yeah, yeah. here. Give me a little cowboy hat or something. And this is back in the day when my hair was like really, really long. And so, you know, clearly dancing is exhausting for half sure. an hour. Um, but uh, so anytime I got out of breath, I would just whip my hair around a little bit. That was my go-to move. I was like, no, oh, I'm tired. I body rolled 194 times. Let's whip this hair around some more. Get some more money flying. It was a good experience. It helped me kind of get out of my skin. I'm glad there was no social media back then. I was about um, to say. Ooh, that would have been all bad. Um, Tarzan in a thong. Yeah, that would have been, you know, that'd have been bad. So, but I'm grateful for it because it it, it also gave me some experience, and then I also put a lot of um, a lot of interviews and a lot of time mm. talking to mm. uh, club owners. Yeah, people who dance on both sides. You know, mining some of their stories and some things that they wanted to talk about and and stuff that they wanted to see involved because I wanted to get it right. And I think the biggest compliment was when actual cast members that, that who actually dance in that world full time and depend yeah. on their their life income from that they were like yo you got it right man thank you and that that means a lot yeah i think that's always amazing i mean if you can get as close to reality you know sometimes uh uh the truth mm -hmm. is greater than fiction and anytime you can get the fiction as close to reality as possible from someone who's done it yes i, I feel like that's always yeah. the biggest kudos because yeah. you're like okay i did that and i did that right so with all of this i mean you said you start in 2011 mm -hmm. 10 years later this thing makes it to all the screens I mean, how, how are you feeling with, with what this looks like today and the journey? It feels amazing. During the process of the no's and the maybes and it being optioned and, and for a year and a half over here at this studio and nothing coming of that. Mm. And then a casino in Vegas optioned it, I think, for six months or nine months. And they were going to do the live wow. show. They were going to do like, you know, a wow. and figure out how to put some musical elements of it in there and dance performances elements of it, but they wanted to do a live show. And I love the idea of being a theater background. And, you know, that, you know, that didn't come into fruition. Um, but, and then I got the show back again and I'm like, you know what? I'm not giving up on this. I feel like, you know, there's still, this hasn't been done and it hasn't been done like this. Yeah. And it's perfect yeah. for, for TV, especially now with the streaming, you can push the envelope a little more. You can be a little more risque. Yeah. And be a little more adventurous and tell a little more of the truth. So I was excited about it. And I'm I'm over the moon, man. It's still hitting me. Sure, sure, it's sure. Still, it's still settling in, but it's a blessing. And I'm grateful that I didn't give up. And this only makes me want to tend to the other content, the other movies and TV shows that I've already written, you know, go back and rework them. So that way when people are like, hey, you know, because that's the first question to ask after you, after you do something like this and it's successful, they're like, what else? What else? Yeah, always. And, what yeah, else? <laughs> what else? Yeah, what else you got? And and I never want the holster. I don't want the clip <laughs> to be empty ever. You know, I want, well, I got four or five movies in various genres. And I got four or five shows in various sure. genres. And we got some unscripted over here if you want uh, in the unscripted yeah, yeah. section. So, yeah, it just makes me want to lean into the other stuff. And I, I definitely encourage anybody who is passionate about that creation that, that they're kind of afraid to do 
the one that they're a little hesitant to jump yeah. on in there, I say do it, man, because I went to school for social work and here I am blessed to write and create shows and and movies. And, you know, this is the second project that I got I, I got funding for and was actually able to shoot and license it to networks and things like that. Note to Self was the first one and we licensed that to Stars and a couple other streaming platforms. I think it's on Amazon Prime okay. now, but um it just it, do that thing and you know to anybody who's listening and is on, still on the bubble about that poetry book or that novel or that movie or the the TV show that they want to write, do it. Get the books. Go to the University of Barnes and Noble. <laughs> and there's there's classes out there online about um about writing, I, I would say do it. So that way you have no regrets. And you'd much rather try and shop it around and, and, and get it done to some extent or get it done wonderfully, way better than you ever thought, right. i.e. my show. Yep. Um, but I wouldn't be here had I not had the audacity to, um, to, to follow through and execute. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you use that phrase, the audacity to. Having that headspace with these days and these times, I think mental health is bigger than ever, more important than ever. It's more than just a buzzword. We kind of talked about it the last time we talked about your, your past and your, again, just, I mm -hmm. mean, it was beautiful how open and honest you were about your past and your journey and journey to forgiveness, which again, huge. And it brought a lot of people to kind of like this aha moment, like, oh, if he can do it under those circumstances, I think I can do it. I think with this petty little argument I have with my mom yeah. the other day, I think I can go say, you know, go forgive her about that. Yeah. But yeah, with mental and 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 working on forgiveness and just working on yourself, clearly you've done a lot of work on yourself to get to this point, to be able to have this success. And I think for anybody listening, watching, one thing I would ask you is people tend to ask like, what's that first step? Like somebody that's trying to work on their trauma, trying to work on their past or, you know, or their own journey, their own challenges. But in your case, with, with the trauma you were dealing with, what did you see as like the first step? And if it's not the first clear step, then the first steps to get you on that path? Um, I think initially one of the biggest things for me, cause I'm an energy person, and sometimes if my energy is off or if my energy is off about a specific thing or here's a, a not a red flag, this is a red building. Um, if you're still having the argument from that, that episode that you're upset about months later, years later, you haven't forgiven that person. If you're still reenacting, I wish I would have said this in the middle of that. I can't stand such and such. You, you still haven't, you know. You haven't begun that process or you might have tried, but it, it, somewhere in there, the process deteriorated. I think that's one of the first things, you know, those little when we're in the car having those uh, uh, pretend arguments and, and pretend discussions and chewing somebody out or saying what we yeah. really wanted to say in those moments. That means that there's a lot of unresolved uh, emotional glue right there and that you got to kind of chip away at that. Two, I, I believe in my process, it's literally hmm. the, uh, it's a process. It's a decision that we make because all forgiveness is, is essentially agreeing for the rest of your life to continue to forgive this person or remind yourself that you've already processed that thing, healed from it, took whatever lessons that could be taken out of it. Stop blaming yourself. Stop blaming them. 
you don't have to give them as much access to them, you know, to yourself to, so they can put you in a position to injure you emotionally again. You don't have to be buddy, buddy or best friends with the person. You may still love them. Some folks you got to love from a distance, but you are agreeing. It's a contract with yourself to say, you know what? Every time this comes up for the rest of my life, I'm going to yeah. remind myself, hey, uh-uh, we dealt with that. I healed from that. I'm not digging that thing back up. It's got a <laughs> headstone on it and fresh grass on top of it. We're not doing that. And, and and it's that's a liberating part of it because it's like, okay, no, I'm not pissed off about that no more. Okay, so if I'm if I'm upset, what is the thing that, that's got me off my energy? And then I try to figure that out and I try to see where I am in that process of forgiveness. And sometimes it takes a phone call. You know, I, I spoke with my father uh, during the pandemic for the first time in 35 years, my birth father. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember from the last time. Yeah. And I love that. I love the fact that it was wonderful for him to say all the things he said. You know, he took responsibility. He said, you know, he said I wasn't the best father. You know, I used to hit on your mom and cheat on your mom until she shot me. And, uh, you know, he lived and everything. And but I and I told him on the phone, I'm like, you know what, Fred, I forgave you a long time ago. I said, but it, it helps me respect you more as a man by by accepting responsibility because you didn't know if I needed to hear that. You didn't know if I had already accepted the apology that I may never get because sometimes we have to do that. But he, he the way that he manned up about it, and we still talk at least probably once a month. I try to make sure I call him and, and check in on him. I mean, I'm not being funny. I'm not going to sure, call him sure. on files today. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, sure, not, it's sure. not one of my problems. But you know, there is respect there for him as my biological father and the life lessons that I learned through him. And I may not have been able to have that conversation mm-hmm. the way I needed to have it had I not healed and made a decision to forgive him a long time ago. And then, you know, who knows what, again, what, what traumas from that resentment from that I would have bled onto right. my son. Right. And we don't want to do that part. So I'm just grateful. You know, that's one good example of in so many ways in my life, forgiving him help me and then god is a genius and a comedian so i during pandemic on instagram his niece is like hey i think my uncle is your dad I'm like whatever man what's his name she told me i was like oh damn where's he what? from <laughs> what what i was and then i caught I, yeah i called and 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 he as soon as he said hello i was nine years old again and i was like that's him so yeah i think it's essential i think it's necessary for our peace I think it's okay to talk about now um, and, and, and to say that I'm not okay. You know, the, the strong ones that always hold stuff together, people don't check on us a lot. And sometimes from putting out everybody else's fires, we have, you know, we don't have a lot left in the tank and you can't pour from an empty cup. So I think we have to take care of ourselves. And a lot of that has to do with dealing with things that we're currently going through, things that we may have animosity or resentment. And we may be holding on to that from previous things that aren't processed or aren't forgiven or that we may think we're not ready to. We don't have to rush past those things. I hear people say all the time, you know, Mm. uh, get over Mm. it, move past it, live your life. No, no, no. Yeah. Sit in that stuff for a little bit. Sit in it. How did it make you feel? How did it hurt you? Which ways did it make you question your trust process? Um, how did it affect other relationships you have with people that you're that close with? How is that going to affect you in the future? What did you learn from it? What can't you tolerate in that same 
tone ever again in your life. What can you tolerate? What do you want? What don't you want? Once you processed and sat in that thing for a while, then then get up. You know, but but don't yeah. rush through yeah. that. No, I'm over it. No, you're not. No, you're not. You brought sit in that thing for a little bit, learn what you need to learn, then sit it down and never pick it back up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's been a process for me. So with this, you know, uh, personal wellness journey, it's something where the first time I was told that, sit in it mm-hmm. and experience it, it was the scariest thing for me because you're 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 telling, mm-hmm. you're essentially saying confront it. Confront it, yeah. feel it, experience it. Maybe relive it. Exactly. Maybe even re- yeah. Exactly. And it gets you to that point also of reliving some of these emotions. Just like you mentioned, speaking to your dad, you reverted back to your nine-year-old self because that was the last, that was the identity you had uh, mm-hmm. possibly from the last time you saw, spoke, or acknowledged him. Yeah. So, you know, we go back to these things and <laughs> there's just, you know, when you, when you start, there's so many other things that you may be unpacking at the same time. So while yourself, like you said, you know, by speaking with your dad in over 35 years, it unpacked that. But I'm sure it, it, it probably segued into things either you're not aware of or that you are aware of, like you just mentioned about your son, which um, I've become a bigger and bigger believing on generational trauma and not mm-hmm. allowing that, to your point, go down another generation, not have your son, yeah. or in my case, my daughter, experience those things that I experience. And it's like, uh-uh, we're going we're gonna to cut the cord. We're going to stop it right here. Yeah. Let's address it. Yeah. Let's tend to it. Let's again sit in it, experience it, re-experience it. But it's a challenge. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, I think that's the thing. Uh more and more people are also acknowledging, but you have to acknowledge is that in itself is the challenge, but in the challenge is the lesson and the beauty. You yeah. just have to get over that hump to the other side. And then once you get to that other side, mm-hmm. that's when you see, that's when you see the fruits of that reward and to yourself, it, it helps you first. I think everybody listening, that point yeah. is probably the biggest point. And it's not a selfish thing either is these things. You have to see it as helping yourself before you can help anybody else. You, you said that earlier about, you know, functioning on an empty, you can't function on an empty tank. That's also something that was hard for me. I am one of those people have been, and working my way out of it because I just slipped right there because I've, I've been it for so long where I was that person where you're always doing for everybody else and you're running and gunning and making sure all the plates are spinning for everybody else. And then you finally get to yourself and you're like, oh, I'm good. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's nothing when left. Really, there's nothing left. When really there's, exactly. there's fumes in the tank. So, yeah, you, you're absolutely you got to save some for you. And I didn't always do a great job of it, but I do a better job of it now. Um, I, 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 re, I fell in love with naps again. <laughs> I, I'm listen. I'm already excited to think to see if I can get a nap in tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm not you because you know you get up and you grind. I may get up at six or seven or eight, do a fasted cardio session at the park or at the stairs. Um, come back, grab a protein shake, go tear the gym down. After that workout, come back home, you know, do some press, do some studying, maybe do some monologues, get some more work done, you know, get some stuff done around the house, going, 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 prepare for an audition. Um, you know, just a lot of stuff. Yeah. Interviews for the show, 
rewriting new material, you know, um, spending time with and checking on my son because uh, he just graduated high school. So we're, we're opening up and building out that oh, next great. chapter of his Congrats. life. And, um, and thank you, brother. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. And uh, he's am- amazing. Amazing. Um, so, but I get exhausted. And like sometimes I, if I'm sitting down, my, I, can, I can fall asleep sitting up <laughs> like this. My body would be like, okay, you playing. You, you, oh, you think, oh, that's what you think this is? <laughs> I will go to sleep, man. I have fallen asleep standing oh, up before. <laughs> Just the grind, the grind, the grind. And then I know yeah. better now. You know, I want to be healthy. I want my heart yeah. to be strong. I want to continue to look and feel like I'm 28, even though I'm not anymore. So, yeah, I, it's important to take care of yourself. You got to set aside some self time. Your self-care Saturday, your self, your maintenance mm-hmm. Sundays or maintenance Monday, whatever you want to call it, set it aside. Get a massage. Uh, get a massage chair. Uh, get a, uh, you know, go for a walk. Uh, take your nap. You know, have brunch in the backyard and, and listen to Sade or Anita Baker or, or some Luther or something and just and just breathe and hear yourself think and recharge and, and, and see some beautiful stuff. Go to a, a museum. And remind yourself of the beautiful things that are out there because, you know, it's not always like that. And even going on social media, you get exhausted sometimes and re-traumatized, you know, because every week we got a reminder that we're not as important to this country as we would like. Right. To be. Right. And then from that, you get into doom scrolling. And now we even we even have a yeah. phrase for it, you know, phrases rather. But now you're doom scrolling emotionally. You're unfortunately just drawn right back mm-hmm. down and then i try to be careful about wording so i don't want to say the realities but the perspectives like you said to some we may not be as important be equal have the yeah. same level of whatever it is that they have or the same you know um uh, the same wants for us that we should have just as human beings just 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 for starters yeah but also in this country in particular and yeah, there's a lot. And I feel I feel like now with social media, that is that's the main stage for our generation and down. Yeah. That's the main stage. That's the new network. That's the see all, <laughs> you know, news network for us. Yeah. That's the news. Yeah. That's the you you'll get more now you get the conspiracy theorists, but you can actually get a good portion of, depending on who you follow, you can get a good portion of honest, factual news coverage because Certain channels aren't going to cover, you know, the abuses that we deal with as black folks in this country and, and black and brown people and people of color. I, I, I stopped saying minorities a while ago um, because I was somewhere doing press for a show and I said the word and uh, somebody's auntie or grandma said, <laughs> oh, baby, uh-uh. ain't nothing minor about me. Ain't nothing minor about us. We, I was like, you're right, man. People of color, black people, people of color. So I stopped saying minorities, but. We know what the situations are, and unfortunately, you do. You will, you know, I do have PTSD every time I watch another video and see another hashtag, and that's literally twice yeah. a week in this country. So, you know, I don't want to go, I don't want to go into that, that, all that right now. And no, no, I hear you. I hear myself you, bro. in the I moment because it gets heavy. It gets heavy. So I have to like section off pieces of me, like oh, the empath in me will experience it, and that's fine. But sometimes you can absorb those things by, by watching those videos and, and, and reading about those moments 
and you absorb that kind of um, that kind of energy, and that's yeah. that gets really really heavy. It sounds like you're similar in this way. There's a certain level of being an empath in it, uh, especially for our people. And I know yeah. you are active with your activism, which I love. And I feel like that is one way to channel it. That's one way to bring it back home. And that's one way to share with the community oh, yeah. and amplify it and, cha and basically channel again, because it is a certain level of trauma, channel that trauma into something good. So if you're internalizing it and you are empathetic, bringing some level of activism. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, you know, this is, every, again, everybody listening and watching, I'm not saying we all need to be Black Panthers, which would be dope. But what I'm saying is <laughs> on some level, whatever we can do, big or small, whether it whether it is uplifting, yeah. empowering, letting the issues be known to do better. Because I think that's the other thing. I think a lot of people get caught up in the anger of it. There's a lot of studies out there that Mm -hmm. anger and happiness it's the same it hits the same in the body those same chemicals we can get addicted to being angry and upset and mad we can just be as addicted to happiness mm -hmm. it's just because we've been hit in the head so much especially especially black folk with trauma and traumatic type of experiences we tend to you know gravitate unfortunately to that um to that negativity but in the same way and the anger and the anger and and, and sometimes just not knowing yeah. where to channel yeah. it. I mean, again, that that was part of the impetus for this uh, this talk is, especially at that time, like I always call it civil rights 2.0. It's like, how do we as men, as people, but men in particular, because men still bottle it up. We were just talking about that at the top of this with masculinity, that traditional sense and thought process of it is, um, you know, holding it in and then yeah. you get in a fight with somebody else in a street for looking at you the wrong way or saying something funny. And yeah. Or for, for littering in right. front of you. Are you not going to pick up your dog right. poop, sir? Right. <laughs> you hear me talk. And now all of a sudden you're not even mad right. at him. You that's, that's disgusting. Right. And he need to get his True. life together. But, um, but you're not even mad right. about that. You mad about yes. this thing over here. And then, a lot of times our go-to, our autopilot is anger because not all of us know how to say what you did hurt my right. feelings or what you did hurt me yes. like this. This is how what you did made me feel. And I can't take that from you because you have a certain, maybe whoever this person is, whatever kind of relationship they have in your life, they might be a little closer than most so they can cut you right. deeper than most. If you don't know how to vocalize that, then you're just carrying around the anger and the resentment, and then you 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 beat up um, dog food guy over here <laughs> yeah. for no reason, right? And 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 you know instead of saying I'm not okay, one of the one of my favorite moments or most liberating moments of 2020 when we were going through all of that and we kept seeing the videos and and everything was being able to publicly say I am not okay, mm. I'm I'm mm. I'm exhausted yeah. spiritually, I'm drained. Um, after seeing, you know, what happened with George Floyd and the several dozen other black folks and the ones that they say committed suicide in public yeah, yeah, and all of that, I was not okay. And I'd just be randomly on the treadmill in LA fitness and just cry in public. And I was like, what is this? And I'm, I wasn't okay. It's, it's okay to say I'm not okay. It's okay to not be okay. Right. 
it's not okay to sit there and not do anything about it because it's not going to resolve itself. We got to talk about it. We got to, what is it that angers you? I don't feel valued as a black man. I feel like they kill us and get, get away with it. I feel like they get a two or three month vacation. And then I'm trying to put my life back together because you just took a black family member from me. Right. I, I, I don't feel loved here. I don't feel that, that it's returned. I have love for everybody who has love for everybody, like Stack Jackson says. But it doesn't feel like the country loves me back. I'm angry about this. When you get those things out, it helps and it feels better. And it does feel good to go yell at the top of your lungs at a protest for three or four hours. That'll get oh, that some anger too. out too that in helps. a nonviolent there you way. Go. So I, I, de- I definitely, I got a whole bunch of protests <laughs> uh, uh, last year because I was so angry. I was like, oh, they protesting, they protesting cat food? Hell yeah! I just needed to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Down with dog food. Um, I, whatever they were protesting, I'm like, I'm going. But I, I did enjoy um, standing side by side and marching for women's rights, equal pay. You know, some some other causes that that don't directly affect me, but will affect me, and they affect me because I'm human. Yeah. So yeah. definitely taking that angst and that anger and that frustration and leaving it somewhere in a place of hope or from a basis of hope as opposed to hate and anger it is my recipe for dealing with a lot of that stuff. Absolutely. One thing you do prominently on your Instagram, because I follow you, is um, is blocking folks for, do it, for oh, doing yeah. dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the <master. laughs> Who's the master? Show enough. (laughs) How does does that translate from you outside of your social media handle in terms of blocking people? Same? Same thing? The the same. uh, It's not like a one mistake and you're done. Yeah. Uh, On social media, it's, you know, the the ground rules are simple. You know, please, you know, just be courteous. You know, you're, you're a guest here. I don't come to your page and and yell at you for posting this, that, and the other, or shame you for this, or give you a dissertation on this. So you're not going to do that over here on mine. And so any kind of negativity or hate, or, you know, you get some, some people are broken, so they just want to insult yep. somebody. So, you know, they'll come on your page in the comments, start an argument, you know, for something to do. They're, you know, yeah. that broken. Yeah. They want to do that. And those kind of folks, I'm just like, yeah, block. You get a block. You get a block. You get a block. But in real life, it's the same thing, too. You know, you notice how your energy shifts around certain yeah. people. Yeah. Certain certain folks. I can get a call from somebody that I haven't heard from in a while. A lot of times, I, I immediately start feeling a drain. Mm. Yep. Immediately. Yep. And it's because there's never any, they're never sowing any energy back into me, any positivity back into me, any inspiration back into me it's always they're always making a withdrawal yeah and 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 it's like my you know my funds keep going lower and lower with with this particular person i have to i have to love them from a distance and stop giving them so much access and if it really becomes a problem then you know i'll I'll bring it up like hey you know it's give and take yeah two-way street yeah you know call and check on me and say hey how the hell are you sometimes don't just call and because you want something or because you need something or because, oh, you ain't never going to guess what such and such did. Like, hey, man, oh, ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't want to hear. I shut down conversations that start with, hey, man, you're never going to believe what they did over there. To, and such and such start dating him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Okay, congrats, <laughs> man. Listen, I got, I got blessings to catch. And, and I can't do that if I'm holding this stuff that don't have nothing to do with me. So I shut down conversations 
that that tear other people down, I shut down as much mess and gossip. Mm. I don't let people come to me and tell me um, mess that they've heard about me. Mm. Hey, Keys, you know, who's this blog site? Pause. Mute. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, we not... I don't need that energy in my spirit. Yeah. So I don't allow people to. And if they continue to try to force it, I'll tell them. I've told friends before. If you bring negativity and gossip and slander and conjecture, stuff that I don't care about, if you continue to bring that to me, that affects my energy. And I, I don't pay attention to that on purpose. You, if you're going to continue to do it, then I have to distance myself from our friendship. And I'd like not to have to do that because you seem pretty damn cool. Yeah. There it goes. It works for I me. I love it. You know, it's, it's, it it's is. brutally honest, but hey. On, on, yeah. <laughs> one of the old truisms, honesty is the best policy, especially for yourself mm-hmm. and for your self-energy. Yeah. You got to let it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then you, but the hard part about that is that a lot of people don't realize that. Right. right. I'm always, you know, I, I hear, I hear women talk all the time, you know, every time I get off mm-hmm. the phone with her, she's, uh, she, you know, I'm drained and this, that, and the other. I'm like, what do y'all talk about? She's like, well, she's, update me on everybody else's gossip and who's dating who and who cheated and who got divorced and who I was like, is there no positivity? Do y'all read an inspirational book together? Do you, you know, y'all talk about what, what they spoke on at church or do y'all talk about anything positive or, you know, plan a trip right. in the future, start a business together, something inspirational, something to shift that energy or, or move the needle on that radio station to something else that's, that's better. She's like, no. I was like, that's why you're always exhausted yep. when y'all get off the phone. It's always drama and negativity, and and it's muddy. Those conversations are muddy. You're not being refreshed. She's not bringing you no cold water. Right, right. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Yeah. So with that, because again, this is a wellness conversation. I may have asked you this the last time, but since you're now running multiple directions right now to maintain your 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 sanity and and your wellness. So thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing that. But just your day to day, how you're moving day to day. I know you're active. We're trained physically active. I know you're a spiritual uh, fam as well. And you kind of talked about mine. Are there things you're doing on a daily basis that just sets you up mentally for the day? Yeah. I do think there the consistency of it is is helpful. The, you know, the little things are the things that some people may consider little things. I pray when my feet leave the ground at night, you know, I, I say I talk to him in the morning, you know, thank you again for another day of life and, and you know, guiding and protecting me as only you can. We have a conversation, we have a, a great relationship. I pray for the people in my life, friends and family. Um, and then I get after it and then I try to hold myself accountable, not mechanically or out of an obligation, but to make sure that my day is productive, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I, I only watch, I've been only binge watch two episodes of the show instead of sure, four, Sure, you know, and I'll spread those out. So it's not just like a big chunk of two or three or four hours. I'm sitting there in front of the TV, unless it's at the end of the night, try to make sure I read a little bit. I try to make sure I laugh every day. Um, I try to make sure I, I read something different, like either something educational, something spiritual, um, a blend of yeah. something, because as a writer and as someone who deals with with a lot of human beings directly, as far as a communication standpoint, I don't I don't want to be reaching for words. Right. I don't like that yeah. feeling. Yeah. And I can always tell if I'm saying I'm too much or if I'm slowing down and really, really thinking or really, really reaching for these words. I haven't put enough words in. And, and as a good communicator and as a good writer, you need to you need to have a steady diet of words and information coming in so you can take those lessons 
put them in your words, your terms, your your passions, and then get them back out. So things like that, that helps me. And then staying active, definitely staying active, getting a good sweat, man, getting some air, um, mm-hmm. getting some sunshine on your skin, even if it's for five minutes and then you just close your eyes and, and just feel what that's like and, and, and look around at the beauty that's around us. Things like that, the little things help me really appreciate the enormous blessings that are taking place in my life right now. I love that. I'm with that. The, the one thing about uh, the words or lack thereof, I tend to say that often. If I can't say it or I'm trying to search for the word, I need to start reading again. Like I need to start, I, I need to pick up a book again. Facts, yeah. yeah, that's the only thing that's going to get this thing yeah. going. And there's my um, so I got to start reading again. Uh- <laughs> I do the same. When my, my son had that really bad and what I taught him was what, what I learned. And that's when your brain is going a little faster than your mouth is or, or vice versa. Right. Your mouth is going a little faster than your brain. I take, I, I, like I just inhaled, instead of saying, um, I'll take a second and, and, get, a, and, and get a breath, but a, a real one. And that's my mental um, because it gives my brain a chance to catch up with my mouth. And sometimes you can let certain things breathe. It's okay when you're communicating with someone to say something and let it breathe for a second so they can catch up. So their ear can catch up to your mouth is going hundred miles an hour. So when I'm, when I'm umming too much, just like I taught my son and it broke his habit. Now he'll take a breath when he's trying to figure out what he wants to say next. And then he'll continue. Yeah, I love that. It's a good habit. Yet another Christian keyism. <laughs> added to the look i love it no look it helps listen, man. these little things hey. like you said it goes a long way and little things consistent over time become big things big wins that you don't even have to worry about now now they're not insurmountable mm-hmm. they're they're they become mountains of success but they started out as little you know molehills but yeah. just little by little you don't even think about it anymore and i feel like much of this conversation and much of what you've brought up has been just that, that is your process. And I think that should be the process of taking these little steps, Mm -hmm. everything from your script where from, you know, 10 years later, you know, Mm -hmm. there are no overnight successes. I don't care what anybody says there, there was still some path. I don't care if you didn't write the thing for 10 years, but you may have done something else for 20 (laughs) that led you to that point to get the quote unquote overnight success. Yeah. As always, I'm always got to watch the clock with you because we just run up and burn up that time. But again, Christian, this was beautiful. Before we go, going to have to do a part three, four, five, six. You're just going to have to be a mainstay. (laughs) You're going to be a mainstay. (laughs) Why not? don't Don't threaten me with a good time. I pull up, brother. I, I I don't mind because at the end of the day, I'm just, for me, it's not a thing of knowing it all. It's just, just if I experience something that blesses my life, I feel an obligation and a, and a craving to want to share that with somebody. And it turns out a lot of those little moments or things, even postings on social media, people respond by the hundreds like, hey, I really needed to hear this today. Thank you for this. And it lets me know I'm in my purpose where I want to be. I want to stay in that area of my life that God's consistently blessing so if this is one of them then i'm gonna be back on black love how about that man to man there it is there it is we're gonna keep this thing going so we touched on all queens men 
But is there anything else, any other projects you can talk about or tease uh, that you want to let the people know about? Yes. Um, please keep an eye out for season three of The Boys on Amazon Prime. That's a magnificent oh, okay. show. Um, okay. Real quick, 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 quick story. So, and I, I don't think a lot of people know this. When um, uh, when Laz booked the show, I, um, I I literally, I celebrated it here at home like... Um, like I had booked, like I was, I was geeked because I know he's going to do a great job. And, and when networks and studios see a strong black lead, it reminds them the value of having strong black leads on their show. Yes. Um, and then I go from celebrating his victory and, and really being joyful about his victory on that show and receiving that, you know, celebrating it as if it's mine to getting a call saying, Hey, um, you booked um, Nathan on, on The Boys. You're going to be A-Train's older brother. And God is clearly a genius and a comedian. I go from celebrating somebody else's victory like mine to being on the same exact show. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. But that's, you know, that's how Big Fella works. So I'm here for <laughs> it. Um, but a lot of people don't know that story. So, But I, I love that because I try to celebrate everybody else's stuff as if it's mine it keeps you on the frequency of receiving blessings and therefore as long as we're doing the work we continue to receive the blessings so season three of the boys all the queens men is out now love it um, pull up binge it. it um binge it with your book club season four of the rookie and hmm and saints and center season six is coming back soon oh there you go so um yeah i've been hearing some rumblings about that <laughs> and it's a great show so soon my my next book will be out too so i'm finishing that up and, and it's a lot of blessings around here man love it brother love it blessed booked and busy love to see yes. it brother seriously seriously um and i appreciate you always taking the time i appreciate you always being open and honest there's so many things happening in your orbit. There's so many things happening, period. So I'm always fortunate to be able to have these conversations, fortunate to have this conversation with you for a second time. And like I said, you're always top of my list to come back. So whenever you want to talk about something or whenever I got something coming to mind, I'll, I'll make sure to have you here. So thank you again, seriously. And for everybody listening, watching, you can follow Christian at Christian Keys, K-E-Y-E-S, on the gram. And make sure to tell another brother, king or queen, about Man to Man so we can keep these conversations going. Keep building each other up. Till next week, peace, love, and wellness. Thanks, fam.